Um, Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for everybody who made it here tonight, made it a priority. Um, Father, I just pray that everything is what you want it to be, nothing more, nothing less. Guide my words. Guide the words that are spoken. Um, call out any words that are spoken not of your accord, Father. Just let it not be here. But we want you and you only. Anything that's not of you, we just... Um, you know, honestly, just like command to leave the room. We give you this night, we submit it to you. Speak through me, Father, I submit myself to you. Amen. Uh, so I had... I honestly, I was just gonna like title it. I, I don't have a lot of slides tonight, it's just a few. Uh, like instead of 100, we only have 20, I think. <laughs> Um, I thought about titling it Just Useless Faith, but I already get accused of being mean, so I titled it Fables and Useless Faith to make it seem a little bit nicer. Uh, first scripture. Start off with a little bit about me. Luke 6.26. No, no, no. Hey, that, that's not the joke, though. Just bear with me. I Honestly, I didn't even remember the Luke scriptures first. Uh, woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Um, you're like, wow, this is one first out of context. Luke usually puts things into context. You're right. And so in Luke 6, for like four verses, he just says, woe to you, do a whole bunch of different things. And this is one of them. I can't really put that into context for you. That is the context. Okay, I was just saying, like, that's it. That's all there is. Um, so... How do I say this? I know people talk bad about me and this ministry. I don't care. Because if everybody talks well of you, so did your fathers to the false prophets. Next scripture. 1 Timothy 4, 11-16. Uh, this is something that's close to my heart. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct in love and faith and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not <coughs> neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that you may see, that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. That's what I've been doing. So, I am really picky about what happens, what goes on, who teaches and what they teach, who says things and what they say. I know that. I know I can be harsh. I know I can be... Um, kind of unaccepting. I see it. I know. I'm not going to change it. Next one. Ephesians 5, 6-7. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things... So when he says these things, there's a bunch of lists about uh, sexual immorality, lying, um, jealousy. And then the list finished with let no one deceive you with empty words. He says, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. 
Therefore, do not become partners with them. So, a lot of brand names around these days, a lot of new things. Um, always like, I don't know, everybody's trying to do something new. Everybody's like, oh, we're a new Christian group, and I like those Christian groups. We're just seeking an authentic move of God in the city of Indianapolis. That's cool. Um, but you got a brand name, so I, just, I automatically won't trust it. But then the other thing is empty words. You say one thing, but you don't really mean it. There was a, a kid who was here, Matt Cook, a lot of you know him. He was uh, really involved at a church, and then he was homeless. And the church just kind of was like, wow, we're so, we're here for you all the time. We'll take care of you. We'll do all this. And he lived with one person from the church, and then he lived with me. I don't have room. I don't have the resources. Why is it me? He jumped around a little bit, but I saw a lot of empty words. Honestly. Therefore, do not become partners with them. I don't know. I'll be partners in ministry with anybody. Except for empty words. Next one. That was just a little bit about me. Now we're going to get into why I'm... I get it. I'm an angry little guy. I know. Second Peter 1.16 Before we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Next one. What is that? Is that English? No, that is Greek. What does it mean? What? Transliterated Greek. Well, I'm, okay, next time I'm just going to put up a bunch of random Greek letters and just make something up. <laughs> it might make sense in the end. <laughs> a speech, word, or saying, a narrative, a story, a true narrative, a fiction, or fable. I, I kind of like that language of the fable, and I'll show you why with the next slide. That's the signal for next slide. <laughs> Sorry, good job. Um, oh yeah, there's the uh, there's the there's the Greek, exactly. Um, so this is a, a reference to that particular verse um, for the Gnostic Gospel. Uh, for anybody who's familiar with Gnosticism, they have um, kind of a parallel to the understanding of angels. I don't know how to say that word. It's like, I was just, I, aeons, I, I don't know. You pronounced it right. Yeah, aeons? Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, I, they were kind of like angels, but they were also like, how we kind of understood, um, like fairies of knowledge. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really hard concept to understand, but like, they had like um, an aeon that would like discern wisdom, and then they also had the aeon of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and like all these things were supposed to help with the uh, gnosis of the man or whatever. Basically, Paul is uh, like the the letter, the whole like Gnostic whatever myths. It just 
like endless lists of things that may or may not be out there. Next scripture. Or next slide. I don't know if it's scripture or not. Oh, yes, the definition of fable. This is what I thought was before the first slide, but I just wish it's fine. So what's a fable? A short story, typically with the animals as characters. Um, I don't know if that's important or not. But it's conveying a moral. I believe it was referring to Aesop in his fables. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like Aesop's fables. Aesop's fables. Trivia too. So here's the thing. <clears throat> the mythos is is either you can kind of take two routes with it, as I understand it. You can have one where you have endless lists of non spirit of spirit beings that exist and like the way the world works and why it is the way it is and all of these different things that you, uh, I don't know, are just myths for the things you see around you. And then the other one is fables, just tales that tell you a moral story. And that's mythos, and you're probably like, okay, well that's only in one verse, so, I mean like, you're probably thinking, where are the other verses where it is? And I'm really glad you asked. Second Timothy 4, 2-4. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. With complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people not, will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. I, I'm just going to read that again because I don't care and it needs to be said. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Did you just like church hop until you hear what you want to hear and then you settle down and you're like, all right, cool, this is good. It makes me feel good for an hour and then you go on your way and you go home and that's it. Are you just accumulating teachers? Are you accumulating a teacher in me? Probably not, because nobody ever seems to get here. <laughs> and we'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into... That's the Greek word. I just replaced it. it well, sorry, it's the Greek... Transliteration. Mythoses. And wander off into fables with moral tales or things that explain little stories about the world. So, that's a question I'm going to ask later because I have a slide about it. 2 Timothy 3.5 Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Uh, that starts off with like in those last days or something. It's like the first lessons. It's a sign of the end times. An appearance of godliness denying its power. Here's a question. Is your faith moral lessons and or myths about the world? Do you go to church? Here's something about how you should live and then leave. Because I argue that fables are just a form of godliness but denying of its power. Learning about myths is not Christianity. Learning moral stories about how to live your life is not Christianity. And Christianity, the Bible, preaches directly against that. Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's also important thinking about it. Like, they 
So here's the thing. I honestly, we just see it a lot. Everywhere. It's just myths and fables. It's moral tales about how to live your life. Or it's just trying to explain the things that we see. If your church, just every week, says, just hold on. Things are going to get better. God is fighting for you on the other side. You just can't see him. Just be still and know that I am God. I don't have a problem with that, the scripture. But there's a time to be still. And honestly, the time, if we are to law of hermeneutics, the interpretation of scripture, is to interpret scripture with scripture. So if we say, be still and know I am God, we can't say, what does that mean, and not use scripture. Be still and know I am God. Jesus did that when there was a storm about to kill everybody. That's when you be still and know he is God. When you're filled with the spirit and power and essentially indestructible. Lucky. Right? If your religion is just telling you to hold on to another week, why? Why? Why even go? Is it just to not succumb to the madness of the chaos around you? Is it just to feel like you're waiting for something big in your life? Are you just sitting here waiting on something, anything, the next experience? The next time you go on vacation, even then, like, you expect something in 20 years, and then before you know it, you just wait your life away. Because that's a form of godliness, but it's denying its power. And right now, you're all young. I think it's rather important that we talk about this now. I think it's important when you're 42, but nobody who's 40 will really listen. So, you're stuck. Let's finish it up. 1 Corinthians 2, 1-5. And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming you with the testimony of, to, to, with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Galatians 4, 16-18. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? I think about that a lot. They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, so that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I am present with you. 
the those who are of the circumcision in Galatians who are trying to teach in addition to the gospel acted very different when Paul was around than when he was not. They treated the people differently when Paul was around and when he was not. There's a false teacher treating you differently when I'm around and when I'm not. The Bible talks about that and it's in the book of Galatians. Be cautious of that. That's why I use so much scripture. Because you have to undeniably know that I'm not just making stuff up. I'm not just talking. I know I'm not really qualified to talk. But I mean, like, how, how, what is it really worth when somebody says, I come to you not on the authority of man, but on the authority of God? Like, cool, but you're ordained by, like, four denominations, and you have two degrees. Like, cool, I guess. But, like, you can say that, but you're still here with the authority of man. So, I don't really know what that is. And then, like, as soon as I start teaching, people are like, he doesn't have the authority of man. You're right. <laughs> wow. I don't want it. I literally probably could have gotten it by now. It's an active choice not to. I know people talk bad about this this Bible study. It's easy to. We're nobody. We're nothing. And we talk a lot of big talk. I'm fine with it. I really am. And the reason I ignore it is because I just don't care. The good things the power of God, the gospel of Christ. It's... Nothing else matters. Like, I don't, I don't care. You can slander my name all day. It's written in the book of life, though, so... <laughs> I don't know. It's not about being respected. It's not even about how many people we get in this room. As soon as we get too many, we'll probably just cut it in half. Somebody will take some. And some of you might stay with me or I might get out of the state. I don't know. I don't really care. That's, the church is kind of freaking out sometimes. Because you got 400 people listening to one dude. Is he making other teachers? If so, where are they? And if not, why not? It's one of my priorities to stop teaching so much. But I don't have a degree. So we talked a lot about powerless faith and where we all see it. And and for those of you who don't know, we called a few of us um, who kind of helped to focus, lead, and guide the Bible study with prayer and prayer. We don't really mean it 
Buried in scripture. Yeah, I guess that's fine too. Um, Colin's not here tonight, but it's me, Colin, Juliet, Molly, and Kylie. If you're wondering why I have women in leadership, it's a long conversation we can have later. Just be prepared if you're going to come after me, because I'm prepared. But here's the thing. I can teach you all day and night. But there's power in the gospel of Christ. And a lot of you have already heard my story. So I didn't want to share tonight. So I opened it up to the other three elders who are here tonight. They're like, oh, why only the elders? Because I know their stories. I don't know yours. I don't know what you're going to say. And if I do, it's, I don't know, leave it alone. Should we record that? Cool. Yeah, that's fine. Don't everybody jump at once, I guess. So. <sighs> Molly, do you mind? Like five or six, seven, I don't know. Or somewhere around there. I didn't 
Okay, well, I would have been seven. Yay, whatever. Um, so, yeah. But I guess I, what I want to get at is, like, this group has been the more for me. And this has been... I'm a completely different person than I was last February. <laughs> and it's actually, like, so crazy cool. Don't know why I'm crying. But it's just, like... I beat myself up a lot. <laughs> In the past few days, I have beat myself up a lot about different things. Okay, God, I need you right now. But it's important to celebrate how far we've come. And I'm so grateful that all of you are in this room. And don't give up. And don't forget to celebrate what God is doing in your life. Because he is faithful and he is steadfast. And he's also faithful to help you build that foundation on the rock, on the solid ground. In the past years of my life before I fully surrendered has all been washed away in the best possible way and I know I use the word deconstructing a lot but I don't think it's necessarily even deconstructing like in the parable where the guy builds his house upon the sand God has just washed it away and I'm back to the new foundation and it's really exciting um so I guess just like keep up the good fight and what we're doing <laughs> being a Christian is so hard it is the harder option it is literally giving up your life but it's so rewarding and there, there wasn't anything it just makes sense to give your life to Christ because he gave ours um, so yeah that's a little bit about I didn't go into a lot of detail you can ask me more later but I guess just God has been so faithful in a lot of areas, and there's more persecution to come, honestly, with this group, but let us not forget how far we have come, um, and that God sees what we're doing, and he believes in us, and he trusts us, and it's an honor to serve him. So here's the other thing with Molly. She was the Waiko Christian <laughs> of Waiko Christians. And so if you ever have the nerve to say, maybe this gospel isn't for them, don't you ever do that. Yeah, honestly. Don't you ever put our struggle onto people, for our fight is not against flesh and blood. Because if it were, it would be against Molly. <laughs> and Molly was redeemed from that. Yeah. And if Molly could be redeemed from that, guys, anybody <laughs> could be. I'm dead serious. I mean that. I don't care if you're the most like religious person I've ever met in my entire life. There's redemption for that. Because Molly was the most religious <laughs> in my entire life. And too, it's easy to like hear that, especially if you've not been around a lot, and be like, oh, well, wouldn't most people say, like, it's it's the other side. Like, it's not the white suburbanite. It's the dude who's been in jail five times and, you know, hangs out on the streets and shoots people. But honestly,
sometimes when you're in the church, those are the people that you expect to be saved. Like, it's the, those are the people, well, I guess maybe I should say this, those are the people you look at and you think, oh, they need a savior. And they're going to recognize, they are going to recognize it. You don't see the form of godliness that's actively being denied. You see, like, oh, something's missing. pastor's kid I feel like I should have known a lot more things than I did know like coming to college and everything um perfect example I'm pretty sure like it's like my senior year of high school I literally had to like ask like the pastor person at like the church camp I went to and I was like asking a question I was like bro like how is like why is like Abraham referred to as Abraham one time but like Abram and like Sarah and Sarah like I didn't understand that, like, it was, like, same people, just, like, God renamed them, and, like, you would think as a pastor's kid, I would know that. Like, pretty kind of a basic thing. Like, it's not really that important, but, like, also it's kind of important for, like, that transition. But anyways, so, like, not necessarily the perfect pastor's kid, obviously, by any means, but um, the church I grew up in, um, my dad wasn't actually even the pastor of it. Um, so, like, my pastor kid part wasn't honestly that much of a pastor kid, if that makes sense, of my parent being the pastor, but I was in the church, like, all the time. Um, I hated it, <laughs> but a lot of it was because, like, my age group was also left out of pretty much everything. They were ignored by all of that, um, which also made me want, want to go to anything even more because it was just a whole bunch of old white people, and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> um... And so I question a lot if God was truly real or even if I believed there was a God, if this was, like, worth my time, if that makes sense. Um, and so for me, coming to college, I basically was at that point of, like, I'm going to either figure out if this is, like, real or not, and if it, or, like, if it's even worth it, even if it maybe is real, I'm not going to waste my time if it's not worth it. Um... So obviously you can figure out which one I figured out based off me talking right now. Um, but pretty much that was the first time that I started actually looking at what all of this was for real and looking at the questions that I had. Um, I looked at how I was raised and for a little bit I definitely, um, I went kind of like completely the whole opposite of like I think that happens a lot as maybe if you're 
raised very traditional, you're like, oh, this is completely wrong. Let's go like completely like, charismatic or something like that. And like, this has to be right then because it's like the complete opposite. And so I feel like I was in that a little bit of like, oh, like, let me go as far to the other side as I completely can because it made more sense that way. Um, but something that was big for me too coming to college was um, realizing what idols were in my life. Um, school was always literally my whole life, my pretty much my worth identity. Um, my family's been pretty unstable my whole life, and so that was kind of where I found my stability, found the only thing that was normal, and so I was also good at it, <laughs> and so that also made me push more to do it because, like, there was, like, an outcome, but then also people saw it too, and so that, like, that kind of a cycle, but then as I started, like, finding my faith and finding God and all of that, um, I don't know why, but, like, literally, the second semester of freshman year, as I, like, walked out of my bathroom, I don't know why, but, like, I know this explicitly, like, I walked out of my bathroom, and I just heard God be, like, I took a day off, like, why aren't you, and I was, like, whoa, that's offensive, like, don't do that, <laughs> but after that, I really actually started thinking about it and realizing how much of my life and my worth was from school and not from God um, and so I did I started taking like a day off from doing schoolwork and stuff like that and it sucked because obviously I could have done stuff and I see other people doing stuff and it's like well shouldn't I be doing this um, and another verse that God really has played out in my life a lot and I've been thinking about actually a lot these past few days um, is the seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these um, things will be added to you or provided to you um, and like that passage is talking about like like food and drink and clothes and things like that um, but even with that I think it goes more of the things that you need for whatever you're going to do to be able to help further the kingdom like those will also be added especially if you're pursuing the kingdom um, and this isn't me to say hey don't study or do your homework but the amount of time I actually put into school I shouldn't get the grades that I get I'm a chemistry major which is hella hard <laughs> um, <laughs> And this isn't boasting in me at all because it's not me that got this, but I've made Dean's List every single semester that I've been at college, and that shouldn't be the case for the amount of time that I actually put into school. Um, I took a test yesterday, and I studied for maybe a total of, like, three hours for it, and that's, like, my highest level chemistry class, and I don't know what's happening in that class at all but it went okay and I have test tomorrow and I'm here doing this instead because this is more important to me and I started studying today too. Again, I'm not saying don't study, but like there's a lot more things that God's calling me to do to put my time and effort in, whether it's meeting with you guys or just studying or doing whatever. Um, and he does provide that. And it's not just look at me, I've got good grades, cool story, but like, 
it's more glorifying him than anything because I couldn't have gotten like I could have gotten here probably on my own effort if I was doing it the same way I was in high school but like I don't put much time into school and like to still have that almost same result from not even the at all effort to put into it is insane um honestly and I think out of anything like being able to truly trust him and I've realized truly what's important and not um and kind of what Luke was talking about too of people people being offended or I don't remember what verse that was but the one of like I don't know now but basically like talking trash or whatever or you'll lose people and stuff like that and I've lost a lot of people um and I've also been thinking about that a lot today and it's easy to also get caught up in that of wanting to hold on to people that maybe have been in your life like the whole time um or the majority of it and they were a big part of it and it's easy to just want to keep that keep them in your lives because you do care about them but you also can't allow yourself to stay where they are if they're not willing to like keep going to and so I had to deal with that a lot too of losing literally all of my friends basically like I don't talk to a single person from high school like at all and that's been hard on me sometimes too and I'm still going through losing people that I've met at college too right now I'm kind of feeling like alone in that within my major um of more of not even like for friend wise but more just so I can have people to help me <laughs> to be honest but it's a past class not past class but like understand what's happening in class um but that's a risk that I'm willing to take of to say something that's needed to be said that God wants to say it um, instead. That's what I got. like it's not like I'm like longing for friends that like are chemistry but like more to like have at least people that I feel like I can actually go to of like I don't know what's happening in this class do you know what's happening in this class because I don't really feel like I have that right now it's fine so we're gonna fast forward through the whole like first chunk of my life and basically say I did not grow up in a church I kind of went when I was little uh, we prayed at Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner once like before the meal pray that's it uh, so I like maybe heard the story of Jesus when I was a kid got really freaked out at a Catholic wedding because I didn't know the story of the cross and there was a dude bloody hanging on a cross in the Catholic Church 
freaked out. So, and I was like 10, so like I was 10 and I don't think I, yeah, it was a crucifix, but in my, I didn't know that word when I was 10. Right. What the heck is that? So, um, <laughs> at least at the point at which I was 10, I don't think I knew the story of Jesus. Um, and then, probably right around that same time, um, was being abused by a older, still a kid, but not really a kid, teenager, I guess, uh, for a few years. And when I was kind of praying about talking tonight, thinking through, like, that piece of my story, um, a little while ago, I was talking to God, praying through, like, the verse, the verse that came to me and through all of it was, um, for my sheep, know my voice, that one, uh, and I think maybe actually that started this whole thing where I was like, so wait a minute, does God speak to people that aren't his sheep and they just don't know him, or does he not speak to them? And I just, like, went down this, like, tumbling road of thinking too much um basically <laughs> um, and so I think about like that time and I remember like the night before I actually met Luke like I knew Luke we were in a class together in sixth grade um but we had maybe had like hi Luke I'm Kylie hi Kylie I'm Luke that's it um I like prayed I prayed to a God that I didn't really know how to pray to and I didn't really know how to talk to and I didn't really know anything about and I was kind of angry like my life sucks, how are you supposed to be good? And did the, um, all right, fine, if you're good, get me out of this prayer, except significantly more earnestly and with a lot of tears. Uh, and the next day in class got moved next to Luke. Obviously, 12-year-old Kylie, 13, however old we were, did not think like, oh, this is the answer to my prayer. Um, I got in trouble. Yeah, he got in trouble a lot. And same, we sat next to each other because he was disruptive and I talked a lot. So we got sat at the table next to the teacher together. There's also that. Um, and so, like, that's honestly the beginning of my story is my, like, I'm going to stop being angry and actually give God a chance. <coughs> Please get me out. <coughs> and in, like, this weird, odd, roundabout way that's really not important to the story, like, meeting Luke, whether Luke and I had fallen in love and been together forever like Luke could have broke up with me six months later and it still got me out like it still was an answer to my prayer did it take me longer than those six months to kind of make that connection yeah absolutely um and then so I didn't go to church till then I don't know a little bit later went to church with his family because they went to church and they let me see him an extra day during the week if I went to church um and Molly already said that like we grew up in the same church there was this there was this form of godliness, and it was almost like we accept its power when we want it, and we don't accept it when we have to do extra. And so I've been in a stage lately where I've been working, uh, honestly, I'm being grateful for the places that things were kind of done right. Um, I think they handled stewardship pretty well, so like what God provides you actually being in control over it in a way that is healthy for not just yourself, but the people around you in the kingdom, instead of being controlled by it. Um, just for an example and I think there were people in that church that I'm still grateful for like what they the impact they had the uh, middle school pastor who told me like forgiveness it's okay if forgiveness is a process um, so yes it's commanded of us but no it's not a turn your emotions off kind of thing um, things like that all through middle school all through high school 
came into college, went to a totally different church that ultimately really wasn't as totally different as I thought it was um, when I got there. There were just messages I needed to hear, I think, right at the beginning. Uh, and so I kind of think back on that. Um, my sheep hear my voice. When my sheep hear my voice, they know my voice. Whatever, I don't know, whatever the verse is. If somebody wants to find it, that'd be cool. I'm pretty sure it's my sheep know my voice is the piece of it. Um, and I feel like we think sometimes and we're like, okay, so how, did, how has God shown up in your life? And we want to talk about, like, the weird supernatural things, the things people not in the church call coincidences or I don't know how that happened, things like, all right, God, get me out of this, and then the next day I meet my husband like 12 year old Kylie who clearly does not know that's her husband regardless of what she said six months later like she didn't know like changed my life got me into like onto a path that led me to actually know God um, and we think like those supernatural things are the way God shows up and he does um, but I've heard somebody at some point explain it as God shouldn't have to show up supernaturally after you become a Christian like, I should know who God is and listen to him and be following all the things in line for me. Um, I kind of think about, like, Jesus in the storm. Luke read it. You said it. Somebody brought it up already. The storm thing is what I think of, of. There is a supernatural element to that. Like, I wouldn't have this peace if I didn't know God. But God didn't supernaturally stop the storm for Jesus to have the peace. Jesus had to do the supernatural thing for the people who didn't really believe that they were okay and they were safe. And that they had God in their midst. Um, and so I kind of think about that, and I think about the way my life has changed because of that side more than because of, like, all these individual supernatural things. I think the Father lavishes those moments on us even after we believe. Um, and we should celebrate those, too. But I feel like the transformation in my life has been a lot of giving up my will and taking on his will not you know doing it in my own power and learning to do it a better way in myself um, Juliet didn't like learn how to study better you'll note she just says stop studying I'm gonna do whatever God says instead of studying um not saying don't study but also like God says don't study don't study um and so I kind of think of things like that things where I do have this weird little piece, the girl with the anxiety disorder who shivered, not shivered, what's the word, convulsed, that's the better word, on the ground every time like loud noises happened or she got a little scared about where her life was going. Like I don't remember the last time I convulsed. Um, it was a big thing and it wasn't, honestly even that wasn't like a big miraculous healing moment for me. A lot of people it is and that's awesome but it was a taking on of a piece that had the supernatural effect where you sleep through the storm. Um, and so I think my testimony, a lot of really how my life has changed is, isn't anymore. It used to be in that moment. It used to be in that moment of like, okay, so the first time I saw God was when Luke came and the second time I really understood and took a barrier out of coming to God was when I learned what forgiveness actually was and how to work towards it and all these other things. And um, being prayed over for the first time. Like, there were all these little moments that had this feeling super feeling of supernatural effect. Not a fullness, because we can't give God his full power. Um, that would be crazy for us to have done that where we were. 
but these little pieces and now I see it a lot more in a manifestation of the spirit and a change of who I am at my core if that makes sense um, and so I wanted to actually not do my testimony where it ends at I'm a Christian but instead because I became a Christian everything is different My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's the that's the verse. It's it's Jesus yelling at the Pharisees. It looks like Jesus is yelling at the Pharisees, but that might not be true. I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's the verse I was thinking of. Thanks. Luke, do you have a way you wanted to end tonight in particular? Um, mm. What? Did you, I don't have a way I wanted to what? End the night? Partic like a particular way you want to end tonight? Um, really quickly, I think we probably have mentioned this before, but like the standard kind of testimony is you spend, say you have 20 minutes to give your testimony, you spend 15 minutes on your past life and all the troubles and things you went through and then the last five minutes are when you became a Christian but honestly like I would urge you and me like to start thinking of your testimony like truly beginning when you became a Christian like that's when you get to have the power of Christ in you I think that's a really cool shift that you pointed yeah. out really, which yeah. I like and, um, it's more like a prologue instead of the majority of the story right. like, yeah and I think it, it's we've got so much ahead of us and it's really exciting um, so just like stay focused um, no that's right um, I'm coming up on almost six years of being a Christian hooray it has been uh, in, honestly just insane I have no clue what's going on I, I never have I literally feel like a six year old you know with like like where are you I'm at the park. You like you know vaguely where you are. But you have no idea. Like you don't know how where to get home. Where is the home. park? <laughs> yeah, you don't know how you got there. Mommy said I live in Indiana, so it's probably in Indiana. What's your address? Eight ten Tulip Lane. Like when he was a kid. <laughs> my mom was kind of like neurotic, so I memorized like five different addresses and phone numbers. I did that too. It makes you feel better. It does. My mom's a little neurotic too, but she's also you. Healthy. Don't say that. <laughs> um, She's also a good, healthy mother. Can't confirm you. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. We're just the beginning. We're at the beginning. This Bible study isn't the end. We're not just going to keep coming here every Wednesday night, learning a good little lesson and going on with your life. We're undoing the spiritual stronghold in Indianapolis, and we're going to rebuild what God wants. And if that means we have to ask certain questions, like why do pastors teach? Why do pastors teach? Why does one lead pastor lead a church? And you can say, you know, you could pull the few verses about pastors and teachers and all that stuff, but pastors and teachers are both mentioned independently. 
in the same context in the same verse as well, so I don't know if they have the same job. And you can also say tradition of our church fathers and what was before us, but I'll say you the traditions of men nullify the word of God. And that's scripture, so I really don't know what you want from me. I'll ask these hard questions, and I know I have no right asking them. None of us do. I'll build up what God wants to build, and I had no, we have no right doing it. That's exactly why it's us. Also, though, if the question is hard, it's one of two things. It's because the answer you've been taught to give does not have scripture behind it, or it's because you don't actually know the scripture. Like, sometimes we ask hard questions, and the answer is actually, like, do exactly what you've been taught, but you don't even know the scripture behind what you've been taught. So, and that's, I don't know, I think that stands not just for this group, but when people ask you hard questions, if it's hard for you to answer, you probably, either either you have literally have the wrong answer, or you have an answer that you were spoon-fed, and you didn't examine it for yourself, and that's not like, shame on you, how dare you, like, you're gonna trust people, you're gonna not even realize, like, I, I had a moment last week where I was like, holy crap, there's this giant section of not section but like understanding of my faith and I could put scripture to it but suddenly I realized I have like these four I have these four verses memorized I don't even know where they fall in the context like I know the actual verses but like what is the pattern where what is the context what does any of this mean because I trusted because there was scripture but I didn't understand the scripture too so if you find yourself struggling to answer a hard question find the scripture that answers it or that tells you maybe what you're doing is wrong if it's like specifically in that context of why did why is this a practice here's the thing we we got big things ahead of us stay focused if you want to be a part of it if you don't that's fine you can still come around just don't expect us to trust you with stuff honestly and we can be friends, like, that's okay. But we just have bigger things in our mind. And you can take this or leave it. I was just praying about it. And I heard God say, you can have as much honor as you want. I was like, well, cool, I want it all. And he's like, you sure about that, bud? <laughs> it's a hard thing. Because honestly, most of us barely give up any of our lives to God. To give your full life to God, that's a hard thing. Stay focused. We believe in you. You can believe in us or not. Don't really care. That's who we are and what we're about.